0: Welcome to episode 131 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James Langer, joined this week by the whole gang, Ryan Top, Paul Noonan, and Brad Ford. Get to them in just a minute, but first, we are sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing. You know their classic beers like Dragon Flute, Block Party, and their flagship Fantasy Factory IPA. You can also get a deal on Carbon 4 merch online using our promo code Tailgate at Carbon4.com carbon for beer brilliance. You can also support our podcast network at patreon.com slash MKE tailgate. Ball and glove and above patrons get the monthly minor league extra podcast with Ryan and Brad. You'll also get Paul's reporting as eligible mini pods through the Packers offseason. There was a lot happening with the Packers on Monday. So you'll want to sign up and get Paul's thoughts on those moves as well. Patrons get question priority here on the program. We do have a few this week to get to. You also get a personal shout out here when you do sign up. And as always, you can help find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So guys, how are you all holding up? There's a lot going on right now. How are you all feeling? Are you feeling healthy? How are you doing, Ryan?
1: So this is a hell of a time to end up with what the doctor has assured me is a regular old influenza. But last week, right as this was really starting to ramp up, I came down with a cough aches all that never really got the fever and that was kind of the first indication that you know this wasn't headed that way and then the fact that it passed so quickly and i'm pretty much good now uh there's still a little bit of residual coughing in the lungs but what that meant was as all this was going on i uh i went to work on wednesday uh from that point on i've really not been out of the house i I posted on twitter yesterday that first time i'd gotten out of the house since uh since wednesday was to go for a walk down by the lake in milwaukee uh so That was the first time I was able to get out and do something, and it was great. I would highly recommend that uh, you take some time to get outside. You don't have to be near anybody. Do the social distancing thing and be responsible and all that, but it is good to at least get some fresh air and get a little exercise in. felt a lot better after doing that yesterday and today as well, so...
2: Yeah, we've been we've been working from home for a little bit now, and that's kind of all we've done too. Haven't haven't done restaurants, haven't done bars, um, just necessities with groceries, and then walk around, walks around the neighborhood, uh, walks at nearby parks, and you know stay away from other people. And um, I have so far, no, you know, no symptoms here. I'm I'm healthy, uh, but I've you know bef- before the work from home order came down, I was around way too many people, so. I, you know, won't be surprised if in a couple of weeks I start to get something, but so far so good.
3: Yeah. I've been working from home for a bit now, so I'm feeling good. I have come up with a cough, uh, but thankfully that's allergies. However, for a hypochondriac like myself, it's enough to give me a full blown Googling <laughs> panic attack. Uh, but you know, I, I just taking care of myself. Like I hope everyone else is just really listening to the advice that you're given and, uh, you know, we're all going to get through this.
0: The other side's there. We'll get through it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's bad time to get the flu or even have allergies right now. So I think everybody's a little bit on edge. And We actually got some questions about it. PJ Wessels asked us on Patreon how we all are currently being affected by the coronavirus, COVID-19. You guys kind of touched on it already. Anything else, I guess, in terms of, you know, your day-to-day life that you're kind of changing or looking out for?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about my, my parents and my in-laws, my parents are currently down in Florida and they're planning on cutting short their, their stay. Normally they would stay into May and they're going to come back two months early. They're planning on coming back next week. So hopefully they're good. They're in a, uh, an area where they're separated from people. They're not, you know, stacked up in, in like one building. So hopefully that's all gone well, but just got to hope at this point, I, I saw a video of people down in Fort Lauderdale today packing the beaches and was just mystified. So hmm. I just I can't believe some of the stuff I'm seeing.
3: Well, especially we just got that report from Italy where it was like, well, why has it gotten so rampant there and like had such a large increase And the government's like, because no one listened to us and they went out to bars, they went out to beaches and they're doing everything we're doing, yeah. which yeah. is frustrating because literally we're watching it happen to other countries who said it can't happen to us while saying it can't happen to us. And it's, it's, I honestly want the best for anyone, no matter who you are. Like, I want you to take care of yourself. So what's the worst that can happen? If you, if you don't go outside, you're going to leave healthy. That's good. What's the worst that can happen? You don't have to, I know there was a period where, you know, I thought from uh, traveling, like maybe I might've picked it up and I, the idea that I might have spread it to like my friends and my loved ones was something that weighed on me. So I don't want anyone else to like feel that guilt, but feel it in reality. So just take, like, be smart. The, these recommendations are coming from, I mean, e- even the political parties have come together to agree on this.
1: Yeah, finally. It took some time, yes. but eventually that all came together. But, and I'd say it's never too late to start. Like, I, I've seen some fatalism of people like, well, I, I wasn't staying away from people before and it's probably too late now. No, it's, it's never too late to start because until you actually show symptoms, you don't know that you have it. And two, you can spread it to people once you have it before you even show symptoms.
2: So it's yes. never and, too late and, to start. And there is, uh, I think pretty famously now, um, in Korea, they had it. Contained early fairly well, except for one person who went out and talked to a bunch of other people with it, um, and that one person ended up spreading it to like a thousand people by virtue of not sequestering themselves. So, it is definitely never too late. Um, I have uh, one of my kids has asthma, fairly bad. A lot of my parents are in rough shape, um, just physically. They're the you know the people that are really at risk from this. A lot of people are going to get it when it's all said and done. What we're trying to prevent. Is from hospitals and doctors being overwhelmed by everybody getting it at once. That's really the key. So, yeah, everybody, be smart about this and stay inside. It's you know, it's those people that you're really trying to protect more than yourself. So,
3: but we also know that you're out there and you want a distraction. So we decided to come be that distraction because I know ever since that the world was shut down, God has have I been bored? Yeah, (laughs) I've been so bored.
1: I I am not an NFL lover. Uh, I watch games, but I, I I sort of sometimes feel like I'm taken prisoner by it. Yeah, uh, fantasy football today. industrial complex. But my God, was I never so happy to see transactions come across? I saw it. and I'm like, wait, is this really happening? And then I realized it was, and I went, oh God, this is so good. Oh oh, thank you. Give me <laughs> something to think about. So I I could no. not have been happier when that broke. It was great.
0: It's a little bit of normal in the daily lives, at least, you know, yeah. something to, to kind of carry the distraction. So yeah.
1: we'll
2: try and do a mini uh, pod on some of those transactions too, because the Packers did make a couple of deals and they, uh, a do much worse guard <laughs> and a new much better off ball linebacker. So, um,
3: we'll, we'll, we'll do that in more detail. The director, line- Austin Hooper. Oh, wait. <laughs> you don't you nobody know you want you didn't want that deal. Yeah, he's not I know. Yeah. But that was the fun rumor heading into the
0: office or heading into the office. It was.
2: It was. <laughs> but we were saved. And Kirk Cousins made forty five million dollars today, so which is <laughs> not amazing. A, not a
0: bad day at work at all. Yeah. No. So we kinda talked about the, the importance here of uh staying home, staying away from those large crowds. And because of that, you know, baseball had already pushed back their season at least two weeks, which I think everybody realized at the time was the preliminary decision and they were much more likely to delay it even further that ended up happening today. Commissioner Rob Manfred coming out saying they're going to follow those CDC guidelines and delay this season by at least eight weeks. So that would put us in the middle of May before they even think about playing. I think, you know, you could realistically say it might be Memorial day before we actually get regular season games. So obviously we're still a, a ways out from baseball, but do you guys uh, Ryan do you think that was the right call to make
1: I mean it's the only call to make there's there was no other choice that they really had here they just have to do the best that they can and follow the the guidelines that are out there and you're already hearing talk I know uh, that there were tweets out there I think Tom Hondricourt was one of them I believe Bob Nightingale was another one where they're talking about you know, really it's more like kind of fourth of July is sort of a hope yeah. that they could get up and running by then.
2: I'm guessing that that's their, their really hopeful target for having like opening weekend. Um, it would, you know, play pretty well if ever, if the country is in good enough shape for that, like it, it's a nice, like, you know, matching up of holiday plus baseball, but uh, uh, nobody knows anything like th- there's trajectories they can do There's math. they can do everybody's got, I think projections of when this will peak and start to p- Peter out a little bit. And I'm sure baseball does too, but uh yeah you know, they're gonna have to just kind of observe and see and and be ready to make decisions on the fly i think more than anything else
3: well what a pandemic like this historically <laughs> happens about every 100 years yep we don't know how to manage it in this infrastructure so everything even the fourth of july is 100 percent guesswork just because are we going to need spring training again are things going to clear up before the cdc expects which i highly don't expect Um, especially as people continue to not take as much separation from uh, the outside world as they should, it's definitely the right call. And if not, maybe a little too late, but at least it was better late than never, as Ryan said. Even if you feel like it's late, it's still a good time to start. While it's disappointing as we're all major baseball fans, I I mean, look how quickly once one person got in the NBA, that spread and how quickly that impacted players all over
1: well there have been already a few cases of minor leaguers i believe that have tested positive so i don't know that there's a major leaguer that has tested positive yet but i know there is at least there are some minor leaguers somebody in the yankee Uh, system i believe tested
2: i think once once there was rudy gobert and tom hanks simultaneously on the same night that every other sport was like all right that's it like that's (laughs) that's enough notice
1: though baseball Um, did have that weird thing on thursday where like there were games being canceled but there were still games that had already started
2: yeah that was, right. that was weird.
1: Yeah, it was really bizarre. I was watching that last game, and it was funny because they talked about it at the, in the last inning. They're like, "Well, this might be it. This, this is the last baseball <laughs> you're probably going to see for a while." Yeah, it was it was really a, a kind of a somber weird moment.
3: I was very upset that I didn't get to see Luis Urias. We were <laughs> uh, literally that game was going to be when we got him back. I'm overall happy for their health, but I wanted to finally see him in a Brewer uniform.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially after, you know, it's kind of hard on a selfish level, especially after, you know, waiting all winter for for baseball to come back and you get the little taste of it with spring training. And but obviously it's something that needs to happen, needs to be done. And, you know, at least they're not risking anything. and, And they seem to be taking a cautious approach now, which which is good to see. Also, good to see we're seeing a lot of uh, athletes step up to kind of help the cause. No games is one thing we're we're all kind of bummed about not having that entertainment, but for a lot of people, it's it's their livelihood too. Whether it's the stadium workers, clubhouse attendance, that kind of thing, so you're seeing a lot of athletes pop up and and you know help pay some of those salaries. I think you saw Giannis with the Bucks do it. I saw uh, Trevor Bauer organized a wiffle ball tournament to help pay. Some, some salaries there too so i guess brad is, is it at least encouraging to see some of these people step up and and do what they can right now
3: yeah i mean it's always good to see that athletes are willing to help out those who make their success possible and when you look at it mm-hmm. on a very minute level they are getting millions because of these people who are being most impacted in terms of baseball specifically so they are really coming together and making that possible. It's also nice now that we're seeing the MLBPA and MLB put together a system to get them paid. So the only thing now we have to worry about is minor leaguers. It would be nice to see them still get paid. But overall, it's a very like feel-good moment to see humanity come together. It, we're so lo- used to focusing on disaster and negative but uh, I think it was Mr. Rogers always said uh, his mom would say in a disaster, look at the helpers, look for the helpers, and here are a bunch of helpers, and it gives you kind of an uplifting feeling in a time that's overall feels, it's easy to feel pessimistic, but there's these great moments, and I think we should focus on those.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you bring up a good point, too, about the minor leaguers, you know, that they're already not getting paid for spring training, right? right. So, so they already, you know, tried to every year they try to make it through that month the best they can. And now they're not going to be playing games. And you are
3: seeing some people help. Emily Walden uh, was trying to connect with a few minor leaguers in the Cincinnati area on Twitter to get them some work through the athletic. So you are seeing people help. It would just be nice if baseball would fess up that those are your employees too. please pay them. You billionaires.
1: And it's especially worth noting because, as James said, I don't know how many people aren't aware of this, minor leaguers do not get paid for spring training. It's expected that they be there, but they don't get paid for it.
3: They also make a pittance, as we've talked about so far. I mean, what? It's $400 every two weeks now for half season? Isn't that what they reduce Definitely. it to? Is it 400 weekly?
1: it depends on which level you're at and whatever i think that it had last i saw it could be as low as 1100 dollars in a month
3: yeah so which works out to being less than a minimum making 1100 wage. a week in this so the least they could do is give a couple hundred weekly to minor league yeah. players just to help them survive
2: yeah and well it's nice to see the athletes um in some sports chipping in to help out the facility workers and things like that it would the owners really should be doing that. It's like a feel-good story. That's not a feel-good story. Like, it, yeah, hey. it's better than what should be happening, but or what should you know? But uh, what should be happening is not happening
3: yet. So.
1: We were uh, in the
3: red last year, Paul. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, of course they were.
1: Yeah, we've we've seen some owners, but there's also been weirdness. Like Zion Williamson, a rookie in his first year, was like one of the first people to step up. I think it was right after uh, Kevin Love. I think was the first one, and he stepped up. And there was some really bizarre press release by the Pelican's owners. It was weird more than anything. It was like they they couldn't even put together a coherent thought and statement on it. So, yeah, there are there are a lot of owners who need to step up. There are some who have. I mean, I know Arthur Blank was saying he was going to guarantee salaries or whatever. I I've seen others that Mark Cuban had some sort of a plan. Some are doing it, but this shouldn't even be like a debate like you guys profit off of these local cities and play in for the most part publicly financed stadiums there is at least some social obligation there to take care of the community when the community needs help the community has given so much to you financially over the years that to turn around and pay some of that back in a time of need isn't just like something that people should be like applauded for it's like Paul said, this is basic human decency. And this is something that really just needs to happen.
3: And then when you really think about it on top of that, then those hundreds of thousands of dollars being donated by athletes could go to the people in the community. Like if they still felt compelled to help out people, those could go to the, how many people who do work at organizations where they can only get paid portions of their salary for a a limited time. I have friends who um, are fairly high up and they, i know honestly that they cannot afford to pay all of their staff without getting the sales that they have over a long period of time and these donations could be going forward to support people like that however hopefully the government will soon come up and uh, support that so hopefully the right people will eventually be the ones paying and the extra money can go and be an extra benefit in a bad time
1: amen
0: yeah definitely i think you know paul's point that it's a touching story that doesn't need to happen in the first place is probably a solid one, but, uh, still, still good to see at this time. With that said, we're obviously going to be without baseball for at least a couple of months here. So that kind of begs the question or brings up the question, how exactly are we going to fill our time for the next couple of months? Brad, I know you said you were already bored. So how are you filling your time without baseball right now? No, I'm going back and I'm
3: watching, you know, all those shows someone tells you to watch and you think, completely honestly like yeah i do want to watch that but then you never end up doing it because you just go back and rewatch the office i'm finally going and watching all those shows that people have encouraged me to watch watching some movies uh trying to when i know i'm not going to be around people take walks because i don't think those people want to be exposed to me either so i'm trying to keep you know be a good citizen and practice my social distancing but at the same time uh you know really trying to fill the void that Unfortunately, as much as I would love to not work, not going to work makes you trapped inside a house and it's 35 degrees outside. So it, it's not like a vacation. A, I still have to work. B, <laughs> I'm trapped inside the same room for most of the day. I'm an avid video game player too, so I've been doing some of that. But I found as I get older, some of the games do get harder and harder to play. Not even from a technical <laughs> standpoint. They're just more boring than I remember them being.
1: So is that what you're up to too, Paul? Is a lot of video game playing? I know you're a video game player. Like classic um, stuff.
3: My son and I have been playing um,
2: Breath of the Wild for a while now. So we're making good steady progress on that. But not not too many video games. Because I, I don't do it outside of that really at the moment. and Especially since I still haven't got my Switch back. so.
1: Oh yeah, that story. Uh, I I was angry for you. I didn't know that that had happened when you brought that up on the uh Yeah. Um, yeah
2: so someday soon. But uh I I've, I've also I got a list of shows and like I've been trying to be a little bit creative about it too. Like yesterday uh, we have a a chimenea, like a fire pit out back, so we did s'mores last night. Um and uh I I'm going to I do my my brew brewing my beer brewing kit here, so I'm going to whip up some some apocalypse beer here. Um and uh uh, just whenever I see a good idea online, I, I write it in a spreadsheet so that I can do it later. That's uh, kind of where I am. Well, I'm, I'm watching Spaced right now, which is um, a show Edgar Wright and Nick uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg made before they all got famous. Uh, there's two seasons of it. It's pretty good. And
3: you actually have to be more creative than I think the rest of us because you actually have have spawned. Yeah. and you have other humans <laughs> entertain.
2: Yeah, this is a this is rough if you. <laughs> If you don't have kids, you're, you're getting off easy because uh, school's canceled too. So uh, we're working from home and we have the kids here too. And we have to make sure that they're not just watching garbage all day um, and try and come up with something for them to do um, in addition to getting work done. So uh, it's a, it's tricky. <laughs> we haven't quite figured out the right balance yet. We have a lot of good friends who, have, um, who are like kindergarten teachers who put in classes online and uh, a lot of things of that nature. But uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's tiring. I want, I want to go do something else.
0: <laughs> Full-time parenting right now, for sure. Uh, Ryan, what have you been up to? Uh, other than, you know, fighting through the flu, how are, are you going to fill your time without the baseball?
1: So I've been, so far I've been watching mostly just reruns of stuff I've seen before, just because I. it's soothing. <laughs> it's nice yeah. to, to be familiar. So I've seen a lot of M.A.S.H., uh, the Golden Girls was something that I, I I tweeted out that uh did you realize that uh the actress who plays Dorothy's mom was actually younger than her so by a couple years yep. so yeah that that definitely was weird I did not know that or if I knew that I'd forgotten it but yeah some of that stuff uh and I've also started to dig out some books and go through and and read and reread I never finished uh the the Ben Lindbergh, Travis Sawcheck book from oh, last, really? yeah, I never got to the end of it. I was like two-thirds of the way through it, put it down, and never went back to it when I got really busy at the end of the summer last year. So, yeah, I I have dug that back out and have actually went back and kind of restarted it. So,
3: Speaking of baseball books, I have been paging through my annual, and uh, Paul and I are both mentioned in it. Uh, so that's nice. fun. <laughs> Indeed we are. And then uh, I also found, just for fun, I thought I'd bring this up. One of the more interesting comps for Brewers players, uh, a player who compared to one Francisco Lindor and one Kettle Marte, would be Orlando Arcia.
0: Oh, boy. Huh. There we go. See, the turnaround's real. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so that that was optimistic the other uh, comps were not as optimistic even christian yelich's was not quite as exciting but uh i saw that and i did a double take and i was like no they meant to put this somewhere else for sure and then uh bryce Tarang gets a little uh comparison to gavin Lux. so all right it's
2: so well, always fun go. to look through those i actually well, i can... did pick up the art of fielding again because i love that book and it takes place mostly in wisconsin um and maybe the best baseball book ever written, fiction. Anyway, um, so I would recommend that if you need a fix. Um, also, if you've never read Nine Innings uh, by Dan Elkrinth, that's what it's called, right? That is also about the Brewers back in the day. That's a good one too.
1: Oh yeah, it's like a 1984 game.
2: Yeah, I think it's. Uh, oh man, I am. I, I have not picked it up yet and reread it, but I think it's earlier than that. I think it's when they're good. Like I think it's 81-82, But um, okay. could be
3: wrong. Okay, hey, they were fine in '84.
2: They were fine. in it might be, you might be right because they were fine in '84. So that that might be it. Yeah, um, and non non baseball. I'm reading The Humans by Matt Haig right now, which is also quite good. So, if you need book recommendations, right. ask me. I got a lot. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll have to start a book club or something for the next couple of months to get <laughs> yeah. us through. We, here. It's the last half hour of every pod. <laughs> oh, it is. very. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've got a reading list uh, that's that's growing by the day. To uh, a Netflix queue, like Brad said, that I'm probably realistically never going to get to, just because I'm not that excited about it. Yeah, and I, you can't leave work like us. Yeah, so like by the nature of what I do, I'm not exactly uh, able at the moment, at least. They're they're working to figure that out, but I'm not at least able to um, skip out on work. I shouldn't say skip out on work, but you know, <laughs> right. work from home. <laughs> work from home. There there may be a way to do that. We'll see. We we've got plans in place, but you know, the stuff changes daily at this rate. Yep. So Friday's going to look a lot different than today. But yeah, so my free time time's not uh, as optimized as the rest of you right now, but uh, I I definitely do have a lot of things I want to do. In the meantime, I've been playing a lot of out-of-the-park baseball.
1: I uh, was going to ask you about <laughs> that, James. Going, yeah,
0: I, doing the historical replay with the Brewers, turn them into the team of the 80s. Uh, I always
3: uh, trade Ryan Braun in like 2011. I'm like, oh, this
0: okay. won't work out badly, my friend. No, 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 no. go for it.
1: I have always meant to do it, but it seemed like a gigantic time suck that would like get me into trouble. So I've always kind of avoided it. But I'm so you're I'm, right.
2: Just so you know, <laughs> you are right. There's
1: I'm, a lot to it. But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm getting the itch, and I'm thinking that that might be a good way for me to be able to just completely distance myself from the world outside for a few hours at a time. And not have to worry about that so i think that might be something that's i'm finally going to pull the trigger on so is there a, yeah. a gameplay in that where you can play against other people like if my brother also got it could we play against each other
3: i've seen you got to get like very sophisticated with it like there's like t- people i know who it yes it can be done but it can, it can get a little convoluted
0: yeah there's i think you could set up like an online league or something like that it 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 is complicated though but you know it it is a time suck but it's also kind of just mindless fun too you can play day by day or just sim an entire year i've led the brewers to four world series championships so i don't know how hard that is in real life but ah so force trades were on yeah no no I just threw away every like garbage middling prospect until I got like Dave Stewart and Wade Boggs and yeah. you know the 80s were fine. So <laughs> that's that's kind of uh what I've been up to lately too. You know, we're all kind of going through and we got some questions about this too. We can get to a little later on, but I might go back and watch some uh historic games you know we we saw i think over the weekend like fs wisconsin was replaying like uh, brandon wood would start against the phillies last year that was great so i think we're going to see a lot more of that as well oh yeah um, that's
1: got to be coming they'll be doing stuff yeah, like that yeah and also i, I should I mean, mention uh because i put it out there if you've never seen ken burns baseball yeah there's some of the Scipia toned uh nostalgizing especially in those those first episodes that came out in 94 but it is a very good history of the sport, and it is worth the time. And Ken Burns put it up for free to stream online, so you can go watch it now. It, that was his help—the effort of trying to give people something to do without baseball. So you can go That's watch great. the full eighteen hours of it. I believe it is. So
0: yeah, yeah, it was the always the classic MLB Network uh, Christmas marathon, right? So I, I I love that. So I might go check that as out as well. So we did have some Patreon questions this week. Uh, if we want to talk baseball for a little bit to kind of take everyone's minds off everything. So PJ Wessels asked us a, a another question, or this is the second part of his question. He's asking, if you were the commissioner, how would you modify the schedule, if at all, when baseball does begin? Ryan, let's start with you.
1: I mean, it's really impossible to say at this point, but I think that what I would like to see is if they can eventually get playing baseball this year, that I would like to see them just kind of play out the season from that point. I don't know if they have to do some adjustments to try to even up the <coughs> the schedules in terms of like who you're playing, because the schedule is going to be uneven. So there's going to be some weirdness. Basically, no matter what you do there, there's going to be some strangeness. But I think that trying to just rearrange everything and and completely scrap the schedule that was there is going to cause more problems than are probably necessary. So I'd like to see them kind of just pick it up at some point and just understand that this is going to be a weird season and that we're all just going to have to understand that it was weird.
0: Yeah. Paul, how do you handle the schedule?
2: I'm not. So that's that's what I think probably does happen, um, because it's all kind of laid out already and they book these things pretty far in advance. I think I might try and be a little creative with it and maybe make things a little bit more, I, I don't know what I would actually decidedly do, but I might try and just do like an even Steven schedule for the rest of the time and have everybody play everybody's like one time. There's not going to be that many games left. So um, in all likelihood. So I might try and actually even it out and have everybody see everybody. I, I, I might like actually like do the divisions a little bit differently going forward, but that won't happen. That's too creative for me, But uh, like, The NBA has all these proposals for the next year with like mid-season tournaments and stuff like that. And I might try and ape them a little bit uh, just in terms of drumming up some additional excitement for it. The other thing that I would do, um, aside from the schedule itself, is I would try and bring it back like normal Sunday doubleheaders to try and get more games in, especially when you're trying to get people back to the park. Um, I would have those and I would make some very attractive deals around them once things kick back up. So, um, I would, I would do everything I can to make it friendly to get back out to the park. I would make tickets super cheap and I would try and have those like two for one deals, you know, like they used to
0: have in the eighties, um, regularly on Sundays too. Yeah. I was going to ask if, if double headers are, are a thing that they maybe try to consider. I don't know how many of those you could probably pack into three or four months without it becoming like an issue, but it, it's a fun idea at least too. Brad, how would, how about you? How would you handle this? Well, it starts
3: with when spring training comes back up. And when spring training comes back up, this time it matters. Grapefruit League champion, <laughs> Cactus League champion. <laughs> play. The winner Cactus Cup. determines who gets home field advantage only in the World Series game one. The other person gets get, the home field advantage for the rest of the games. But All it's right. uh, no. So I think. I am somewhere in the middle of Paul and Ryan here where I think you have to play with the season mostly as it is. Probably the one thing is I would try to sacrifice interleague play for trying to even up the divisions. And I don't know if that's possible. I think that's probably actually very, very difficult to actually execute. But uh, I think the thing that would be most important to me if I were going to alter it at all would be, trying to even up the division games to make sure that opponents played each other an equal number of times in the division, most of all. I don't think... I think that's a logistical nightmare, when, and you're going to have to reorganize more than you would want to to make that a reality. So I think the easiest thing to do is just let it go. But if I had the power, I would say, let's, let's fix this. Let's get some divisional games in there. However, I mean, lots of those... Th- games already have tickets sold and right. yeah i mean they're already refunding and giving back or yep. honoring for future dates uh so i think it becomes more difficult for the front offices then to manage how you then what if you a home series becomes an away series and you screw people who bought that series out it it becomes a logistical nightmare and I think for the sake of the fans, the easiest thing to do is just pick up wherever you start.
0: For sure. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of logistical hurdles to clear here. And I think part of the issue is nobody really knows when they can come back anyway. So it's, it's hard to plan for any of that too. So the easiest thing might be to just pick it up whenever that is. Yeah, right. um, Great point. Yeah. yeah. Aside from the scheduling, uh, there's a whole lot of other issues that that come up with this Uh, Adam Post is asking us do you think baseball will suffer any long-term repercussions due to the coronavirus whether that's low attendance when games resume poor player (laughs) performance uh, that kind of thing Ryan I guess is there any other concerns you have about I guess baseball as a whole after this
1: yeah I mean it's going to be weird to go back into big public spaces. I mean, already it feels weird to be around people like when walking, like you keep your distance and you try to like make eye contact and kind of smile or give a little wave so that you know you're like, we're sort of acknowledging what we're doing here that we're not just like trying to avoid each other. But it's going to be weird going back into crowds again and to feel safe about it. I think a lot of people are going to understandably stay away longer than they realistically need to to be safe. And I think that that's totally understandable and it's something that baseball is going to have to fight. And they're going to have to figure out how to do it. And Paul kind of touched on that a little bit already. They're going to have to come up with creative ways to do it because people are going to be scared off of crowds for a while. And there's just not going to be much of a a thing you can do to change that.
2: Yeah, I think there's going to be a a large group of people that become basically germaphobes and and have a hard time getting back into space. There's going to be a bunch of people that – want nothing more than to be at big public events for the foreseeable future as a reaction to being cooped up. And I, I do think it'll be a little bit tricky to, to get people back en masse. I, it, I don't think it'll be as bad as movie theaters, which I think might kind of be dead after this, or at least first-run movie theaters. Like a bunch of movie companies have already said they're going to put out movies for streaming in first run. And, you know, the way technology has increased in your home, it, it's not that much different to go to a movie theater these days. Baseball is a little different than that. Uh, it's it's its own experience, and you know it. It is, I think, a better game live than on TV, fairly significantly, personally. But I, I do think it's there's just a chunk of people that are going to be hard to get back um, once they get used to being inside and watching other things. there's competition building up for them right now with all of the alternatives that people will come up with doing this. So they're gonna. Uh, it, it's going to be a trick to draw people back out, um, at least a certain segment of the population.
3: I think that there's going to be a large population who's excited to get back out there and it's going to be almost patriotic where it's going to be this showing pride that you can get back out there. Hey, we're safe. (laughs) Hey, hey, we beat the virus, the virus fought and we beat back because that tends to be how I feel this country reacts to a lot of those things. So I think it'll be this big show of support. I actually think it, Maybe it will die down, but I think initially you'll see a pretty strong wave of attendance of people celebrating that baseball's back, that you're allowed to go outside again, that, and two, theoretically, I mean, it's all theory right now, you will have a a few weeks of the world returning to normal before baseball's back, where I think a lot of people will be getting over those hiccups anyway, because they probably are going to need a short spring training reboot period where they have a couple weeks to get back into baseball shape and that gives the world time to kind of acclimate to being able to to interact with everyone else again
0: yeah absolutely and i think to your point you know baseball loves pageantry right so i think that idea of coming back on the fourth of july or coming back on memorial day i think is probably like their dream scenario right you can unfurl all the the bunting and all that stuff and and everybody kind of feels good about it uh, but we'll see how that plays out. Steve Romanesco is asking, what are some great games to go back and watch while we're in isolation? You know, we mentioned a lot of broadcast showing some of the classics, um, you, you know, I, I think I kind of brought this up in our group chat, you know, like if you had to watch one game to kill some time, what would it be? So I guess, Ryan, what would be your pick for a classic Brewers game <laughs> to go back and
1: watch? For me it there's no question it's game 162 in 2008. That's that's the game for me. Because I was there and it was such a roller coaster of a year and it had been such a long time building up to that. It was such an amazing way to reach that pinnacle that because we what it had been 26 years and you had watched this team come together in the farm system building and building and building and they go out and get CC Sabathian, he's amazing. Ben Sheets falters down the stretch because he's hurt. And so the narrative around it, they they looked like they had fallen out of it, that they had somehow kicked away this, this sizable lead that they had. And then Dale Swain comes in and they recover it. And CeCe Zabathia puts the team on his back and carries them in. I think that all of that, it's hard to imagine a more emotional moment other than perhaps when we eventually win the World Series.
3: Until you get that moment where Braun, uh, you know, a year removed from being a rookie, really establishes himself as being like, hey, I'm the guy. He, he establishes himself as a future MVP. And he had done that all that season and all 2007. But that, that clutch home run in the eighth <clears throat> inning was really that exclamation point on it.
1: Yeah, and I'll never forget the, the celebration of CC Sabathia is seared into my brain. Like mm-hmm. him yeah. on the mound after that double play, like him celebrating that. And then them all right. coming pouring out of the locker room afterward. So I remember, you were sitting in Miller Park watching it on the old smaller jumbotron, and <laughs> forty-five when,
3: minutes of Marlon Mets.
1: Well, and when that ball left
0: Helms, yeah. oh, that ball looked <laughs> off Good the bat. West.
1: You thought it was going, and it was. And then when you see him starting to settle under it, the bedlam that took place in the in that uh, in that building that moment was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, I guess Paul, what would be your go-to game? I've got a good one. I've been doing it already. Uh, not, not a game so much, Well, a couple of them. But uh, go watch, go watch games where Nigel Morgan um, was the key cog in comeback wins or like last yes. walk-off hits. Um, he, I don't think he. We all remember him. I don't think I don't think fondly enough. Um, he was very very good that year. Very fun with uh, all the T plush stuff with the not actually him Twitter account, um, but. Oh yeah, he he had a, a key hit in the playoffs to push him forward. One of the best games for uh, Nigel Morgan was an away game against the Twins during the the uh, you know the interleague series where they came back. Um, they got to Matt Caps uh, who was closing out for the Twins in that game, and Morgan had a, a couple of huge plays in it. Um, so um, go go check out some games with him. The, the, that was fun.
0: Gotta go. Yeah, no, I I was gonna go with the uh, 2011 NLDS Game Five.
1: That's uh, a good one. Just just
0: for the walk off hit and uh, the moment where everybody realized you shouldn't give Nigel Morgan a live mic after a walk off. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> that's probably mine. Uh, I guess, Brad. What what is your go to memory game? So I actually own this,
3: uh, the Essential Games of the Milwaukee Brewers four pack DVD collection. Uh which nice. I always love to go back to in times like this. So it's uh, the eighty two ALCS Game Five. 82 World Series game four. And then both the games we mentioned, 2011, the wild card game, and 2008, the wild card clincher, um, or the NLDS game in game five for 2011. But I think the one I want to seek out is the Ben Sheets 18 strikeout game because oh, ben, be ben Sheets at his best is one of the most enjoyable pitchers you will ever have the pleasure of watching. And that is him at the best. And then you strike out future brewer Johnny Estrada Mm -hmm. to end the 18 strikeouts. And he just like starts fighting with the umpire while the brewers are celebrating Sheets Mastery. It's just a really, really enjoyable moment uh, and a game that I'll always remember fondly and for one of my favorite all-time brewers
0: at a time when there wasn't a whole lot to get excited about either for the brewers too. So that, that was a good one. Absolutely. Uh, And I don't know if people know this or not, but you can find a lot of these games on YouTube. Uh, Like MLB has uploaded a ton of these, uh, whether it's through their international accounts or, or what have you. So you can go onto YouTube and kind of, as long as you have the date and the teams involved, you can kind of go back and watch just about any game. Uh, So have at it, have fun with that. I think, I, I had gone back and watched uh, like the 2011 division clincher, which featured another Ryan Braun home run too. Uh, great Corey Hart, you see Cele- e. Corey Hart put his arms up in celebration at second base once the ball hits the bat. It, it's fantastic. So, yeah, go out and you know, by all means, let us know what you would want to watch too, because there's definitely plenty to to choose from. Uh, we've got another question on Patreon from Jeremy Nachman uh, with the uh, potential for a shortened schedule. He's wondering if a manager like Craig Council can maybe potentially squeeze more out of a roster than some other managers, I guess. Paul, what do you think?
2: It kind of depends on how compressed it is and what they let him do with the roster. So um, if there's a squeeze on, he's definitely going to do better than your average manager. That's, that's, his, that's what he's great at. Um, they're, they're good at managing scarce resources in short time frames. So maybe so, um, but it, it does kind of just depend what this looks like. Like if they just play out the rest of the schedule as it is normal, then no, not really. He'll just be as good as he always is, which is still very good. But there's definitely some opportunity if they try and get as many games in as they can. And then, yeah, it's good that they have him. That, that'll get him a couple extra wins.
3: Literally, Paul took the words from my mouth. It, it is exactly. <laughs> like if things play out exactly as they're supposed to, it he'll be as good as he always is. And I think... We've speculated a lot about how much he can be an impact uh, with the bench as it currently is aligned and having the extra person on the bench. And I think like he'll be more impactful because of that. But the schedule is the same. It's Yeah, he'll be just as good as always.
1: Knowing Stearns and Council the way we do and following how they operate, I guarantee you that they're spending their forced free time here coming up with ideas and strategies based on maybe rumors that they're hearing about what MLB is planning on doing, how things might be brought back, how the rules might be altered, how things may be changed. And the second they know exactly what's going to happen, they will go into a bunker and they're going to try to figure out exactly what the best way to take advantage of it is. And they will be willing more so than I think most teams to try unique strategies, to try something that is different and maybe a little off the wall to take advantage of a weird situation. And I think that that's going to be fascinating. And I can't wait to see what that looks like because they're going to do whatever they can to push through this situation and be the best team that they possibly can be. And I'm really, but one thing
3: I, are we going to have a trade deadline on July 31st, a month into the season?
0: That'd be weird. No way.
3: <laughs> like, they have to move that, right? To, like, August 31st? Like, I mean, regardless. I mean, it all to but... Assuming the best we get is, like, the first dates we were hearing a week ago were was June, early June. Even then, you still can't do the trade deadline on July 31st, right? I think right? it's very possible that they won't have a trade deadline
2: at all this year. And, yeah, that's just how it'll be um uh, uh, to, to clarify that that they don't allow any trades uh, oh yeah uh, i think that's i think that's pretty possible I mean, they might l- let you squeak in a few before the actual actual trade deadline but um i i don't think they'll actually do too much to move that i think they might just say everybody go with what you got we missed half the season already
1: hmm. <laughs> it'd be really interesting yeah. to see exactly how all that would play out 'Cause I think a lot of teams went into the season, like the Marlins went in with a strategy of they're going to acquire some players that they could potentially flip yep. by trade. Yeah. And that might not be what they're able to do if if what you're talking about comes to fruition.
3: Well, and we all thought that's what they're doing with the one year deals. If if it fails, you have trade bait. If it works, then you can extend them. Yep.
0: Yeah. So it'll yeah. be Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of questions that will still have to be answered when it comes to some of these contract situations, too. And not to feel bad for the Dodgers, but what do you do for two months of Mookie Betts, considering what they gave up, too? (laughs) Um, Oh, L.A. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of things like that that will come up, too. And I think um, another situation, this whole scenario kind of presents is it kind of gives teams a chance to get healthy so you know obviously we want to keep in mind you know like this is is a serious situation and things like that so i don't i don't want to like hype up anything but it does kind of give the brewers i guess a chance with guys like uh cory knabel and brad you mentioned Luis urias too uh, to get healthy. So Marcus Horton asked us, it, it could this kind of give everybody a chance to get back to full strength, I guess. Uh, Brad, how, how do you feel about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It,
3: it gives more teams, like you look at even outside the Brewers, like Chris Sale is having problems with his elbow right now. Uh, he hit now has an opportunity to come and be at full health. You had the time that needed to heal. You don't even feel the pressure then to rush through it as you likely do during the season. I know there's that uh, pressure where players feel like I need to get back in the field and contribute, uh, not just for my livelihood, but to help my team, help my friends. So obviously more time to heal and even less time to throw, I think is better for someone coming off of the Tommy John surgery, like Corey Knebel, where he has more time to just be patient, and take your time. You do not need to go out there. They're probably, even if it's not spring training, there's definitely going to be a ramp up period. I think that's one thing that's pretty much been universally accepted is there will be, unless it's a two week shutdown like it was initially projected, there will be a ramp up period again. Uh, so even if you get that, he's going to be able to come out of the gates and be a contributor regardless. Like you don't, if you're healthy, you're healthy. And that's kind of what we were waiting for for Corey Kniebel. Like, yeah, he had to get the arm strength back up. It was more about getting to the point that he is healthy according to the physicians. And in May, he was projected to be physically healed enough.
2: It helps everybody kind of evenly. And I, if you had guys that were going to miss a lot of early season work, then it helps you more. So, yeah, it, it, it should help like guys like Knable and Aries get back to normal. But uh, it, it, there are certain teams that were worse off than Milwaukee. Um, and now, you know, everybody will come into this with a pretty even playing field with that extra time off, like with fully loaded rosters. So would um, be interested to see when, when that happens, who actually did benefit the most from it, but uh, they'll at least get a, a couple little bounces from it. So that's good.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Ish. <laughs> there's a, there's been an old kind of thought process that uh, kind of came to fruition around the Scott Casimir comeback where he actually took a couple years off where he didn't even throw. Like he wasn't even pitching. He wasn't doing anything. He just let his arm heal up. And I wonder if for the long-term health of the sport, that this could be something that comes out of this, that is, you know, not a negative that like that some people's arms are able to heal because they've been so used to being on this pretty crippling schedule where you go year after year after year and you're out there and you're expected to you know carry that load that this might provide some respite from that for those guys obviously they would everybody would much rather be out there and and doing their thing and it's it's not like a positive but it is something that we could potentially see because we've never seen the game shut down like this in the midst of what was a ramp up to playing uh not not to this extent so We'll see it. It will definitely be interesting to track when things do resume how pitcher health is impacted. And hopefully there will be I'm, I'm sure there will be enough time for the pitchers to be able to ramp up. I think that there's a good chance we'll see something like uh, guys being brought back. They won't be given like the full time in spring training to stretch out. So starters will probably be pitching shorter outings, at least to start more like they do in spring training and I wonder if that might necessitate more expanded rosters or something like that but it's going to be fascinating to see what effect this has on pitchers arms because it's such a delicate process to begin with
3: Manfred's going to have to walk back his three hitter limit rule he's going to have to say okay that 26 guy can be used on a pitcher he's going to have to like walk back all those rules he wanted so badly
0: I yeah, mean, I mean, it's definitely uncharted territory right now, right? So kind of historic times that we're going in. Sorry, Ron, I didn't want to cut you off.
3: I did want to cut you off, and I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, you know, there's still a lot to be figured out, and I'm sure we'll talk about all of that in the coming weeks, too. Uh, those are all the questions we've got for this week trying to wrap things up here we're kind of on a time crunch but uh first ryan you had a couple of updates on some of our ongoing contests and things that we've been talking about how about you give us an update on that
1: so first off the fantasy league that i put on an rsvp for last week it seems like a million years ago now uh we will still plan on doing that but obviously we will not be drafting on this upcoming sunday night which was the original plan uh just stay tuned to patreon and we'll once we get a feel for what the time schedule is going to look like we will start putting those plans into place so uh, i think where there was still room for people to rsvp so if you wanted to do that go ahead and do that also uh we will we'll figure out something to do with the the prop bets because a lot of them are going to be null and void now that we don't have a full season i don't know what exactly we'll do with that but i did want to give a shout out to kyle and he he said that this was okay for me to mention this. Uh, His father actually had a heart attack last week and has had a a minor procedure and has been released from the hospital and he's doing good. But that happened just kind of shortly after we recorded. So if you, uh, if you were a prayerful person, if that's a thing that you do, I'm sure thoughts and, and prayers would be appreciated from them. So, and also, Oh, there was a third thing. Uh, Brad and I were going to record. We actually had it all set up and we were going to record the Minor League Extra for March with Eric Longenhagen. And we had that scheduled for Thursday evening. And
3: then something happened.
1: Yeah, then a lot of big things happened, and it just did it felt weird. It felt completely bizarre and strange to go forward with that. So Eric has generously offered to reschedule it at a time when it's more apropos. And maybe that'll be something we do once we we get a feel for what the, the schedule is going to look like going forward. But I suspect he probably has some time on his hands now because of the uh, the change that has occurred to his schedule. Like all these people that go around and scout players. I saw, did you guys see today, that MLB has officially shut down any in-person scouting? You're not allowed right. to do any of it.
3: Right. So he uh, he probably has some time, so we'll coordinate with him because obviously Eric is one of the biggest names in prospect evaluation. So maybe we can even look at doing some special things with him uh, and really experimenting with what he has to offer and his knowledge while we're in this downtime and give you something that's not coronavirus related.
1: Yeah, and he does have a book that's coming out uh, next month. So we were gonna talk about that. That was good the first item on the agenda actually was we were gonna to talk to him about what was going on with that. So that that had to get scrapped, but we'll we'll loop back and, and handle that down the road sometimes. For sure.
0: So yeah, be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, anywhere else you listen to your podcast please do subscribe. And while you're there, please leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Stay healthy, everyone. And we'll see you next week on Milwaukee's Tailgate.